Section 1. Rothbard, Man, Economist, Antistatist. Chapter 1. Murray Rothbard. The Murray Rothbard wall poster depicts a graying professor pecking at a typewriter. His words rise magically from the machine and blend into a black flag of anarchy rippling above his head. Beneath the drawing is the caption, Murray N. Rothbard, the greatest living enemy of the state. The poster, like almost everything else relating to politics, causes Rothbard to laugh. He has a penchant for humor that, in his younger days, led him to write an off-Broadway play, Mozart Was a Red, which poked fun at the Ayn Rand cult of the individual. Today he still laughs very easily. If someone mentions the name of almost any establishment economist or political figure, Rothbard will respond with a nasal guffaw. Abe Beam, Jerry Ford, Hubert Humphrey, John Kenneth Galbraith, Alan Greenspan, Ronald Reagan, they all receive the same response, a laugh, followed by a theoretical disputation in which Rothbard employs buzzsaw logic to rip into these persons he views as enemies of liberty, prosperity, and the common good. Rothbard's freewheeling style and strong opinions have gradually earned him a public following, Today, he is regarded as the chief theorist and spokesman for the new libertarian philosophy. A he relishes after years of obscurity spent writing economic tomes and articles in scholarly periodicals. Now, he frequently appears on national television, and he is much in demand as a speaker on college campuses. His many books, some of which were long out of print, are reappearing in new editions issued by major publishers, and they have begun to sell. The first two volumes of Rothbard's five-volume History of Colonial America and the Revolution, Conceived in Liberty, have become bestsellers among scholarly books. Of course, not everyone is pleased with the new interest in Rothbard's thought, which synthesizes both liberal and conservative ideas. Chief among his detractors are many of his professional economist colleagues, with whom Rothbard has been feuding for 25 years. The main outlines of the dispute are simple. Rothbard doesn't think that most of them know what they're talking about. They have retaliated by, so to speak, exiling him from his own profession. For a long time he has paid for his outspokenness by earning what must be regarded as a very narrow living for someone with a Ph.D. from Columbia. Instead of being invited to serve on a prestigious university faculty, he has had to settle for commuting by subway from his Manhattan home to the New York Polytechnic Institute in Brooklyn. Rothbard has also lost out on lucrative private consulting work which makes economists rank among the highest paid of all professions. Instead of encouraging firms and government agencies to hire him, Rothbard wrote books and articles disputing the value of most economic advice. His contention that the charts and graphs and tables are mostly misleading dampened the demand for his services. Only one firm, a mushroom factory, has called on him for consulting advice in the past 20 years. Although Rothbard may have disputed the commercial application of his work, others, such as Harry Brown, see the penthouse interview with Brown, February 1975, 
have made fortunes in the financial advice field by popularizing concepts developed in Rothbard's early books on depressions, such as The Panic of 1819 and America's Great Depression. Brown and many lesser prophets of doom and gloom are earning thousands of dollars per day telling clients to head for the hills because the government-controlled economy is doomed to fail. What does Rothbard think of such advice? Not much.